Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and it's Monday night here on the Bad Culture Radio Network. You are now tuned into the Sound Desk, a, a show that's dedicated to discussing developments in the world of music, pop culture, topical talking points, all of the things that are happening right now in the music industry and the media. Tonight, I'll be joined by Juana Burns, one of the founding members of long-running female hip-hop group, JJ Fad, you know, revolutionized hip-hop groups for for women, first female rap group to ever be nominated for a Grammy, and really paved the way for NWA and music during that era. So we'll be joined with her shortly, looking forward to talking with her. We'll get into some discussions on the Straight Outta Compton movie as it continues to steamroll other movies in the box office, where they lay in the landscape of the rise in in popularity of NWA. Also, I'll talk to her a little bit about uh, what's going on with J.J. Fad. They've resumed uh, touring as a group again after a long hiatus, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about women artists in music's current landscape and, you know, where she thinks that they would fit into the, the industry today as they are, how they would be received by the general public, because clearly a lot has changed, not just with regards to social media, but just the way women are presented in the music industry. So if you have questions, you can tweet them to me at J-E-T-H-A-N-G on Twitter, or you can dial into the show, 718-508-9852. But she'll be joining me in a couple of minutes. like I said, straight out of Compton, looks like it has no signs of stopping anytime soon. So if you haven't gone to see the movie yet, go out and see it, tweet me your thoughts and uh, let me know, think about it. But really who thought at this point that that movie would ever make it to, to the big screen? A lot of different issues amongst the group members themselves, not to mention the behind the scenes things that people don't see in terms of licensing and all those things. So kudos for F. Gary Gray for green lighting the project or boo for F. Gary Gray for leaving out imperative moments in the group's history and their rise. You know, what do you think? Let me know. Either call into the show or you can tweet your thoughts and opinions to me. So with that said, uh, we are going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Juana Burns, one of the founding members of the group, JJ Fab.
I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm gonna make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets gone. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child and you're gonna be named. Another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I just put your mind on pause and I complete when you compare my rhyme with yours. I wake you up and as I stare in your face, you seem stunned. Remember me, the one you got your idea from. But soon you start to suffer. The tune will get rougher when you start to stutter. That's when you had enough of fighting it'll make you choke. You can't provoke, you can't cope. You should have broke because I ain't no joke. joke. You're expressing the rhyme that I'm styling. This is what we all sit down to write. You can't make it, so you take it home, break it, and bite. Two pieces and bits of all my hip hop hits. Get the style down, packed in, it's time to switch. Put my tape on pause and add some more to yours. Then you figure you're ready for the neighborhood chores. The EMCEE, don't even try to be. When you come up to speak, don't even lie to me. You like to exaggerate, dream and imagine. Then change the rhyme around that can aggravate me. So when you see me come up free, or you'll be one of those seven MCs. They think that I'm a new jack, but only if they knew that. They who think wrong. Hello? Hello, you are live with the sound desk. Who am I speaking with? Hi, this is JB from JJ Fad. What's going on, Juana? How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Great, great. I'm definitely looking forward to talking to you. It is a pleasure to have you uh, join us tonight. You know, like I said at the top of the show, I'd love to get into talking about uh, your contribution with JJ Fad to music, hip hop culture, to women grow groups, period. And so just giving okay. you a little, an opportunity to uh, to talk about that and, you know, what JJ Fad is up to today. Okay. Looking back, you know, for, you know, most of the people who are, who listen to this show, I can't think of anybody who listens to this podcast who hasn't seen the movie yet. They know that uh, they know as fans of yours, that your story is an integral part of NWA's rise to where they be, to where they are in music history. For those who don't know, we'll just play the devil's advocate. Talk a little bit about JJ Fad, how JJ Fad came to be and, kind of bridge it to where the movie left out such an integral part of your music identity to the story as a whole. Okay. Well, um, first and foremost, I just want to say that in no way do we blame NWA or are we angry or mad at NWA? I mean, they're like brothers to us. They always have been. We've always been a family. So it really doesn't have anything to do with the guys personally. It's just that you know, that omission was just hurtful to us because we know how important we were to them and getting that label off the ground. Um, the first person we met was Arabian Prince, who was one of the original members of NWA, and he too was not on the film, so you wouldn't know that. There was actually six guys in NWA. And he introduced us to Dr. Dre, so that's how we came to meet all the guys from NWA. 
And um, when we met Eze, he was like, okay, yeah, they have East Coast girls, salt and pepper. Now we need some for the West Coast. And he's like, and this is perfect because they already have a buzz around them. So we can kick them off first, legitimize this label, let everybody know that we're not just gangster rap. We can do it all. And then they use some of the fun because our record just blew up and they use some of the money from our record to fund the NWA album. So that's how all that got started. So looking at how the, the story was told, do you, not the gentlemen themselves, NWA, but the powers that be, do you think mm-hmm. that, do you believe that they had to keep the story contained to NWA or was, do you feel it was a legitimate attempt to kind of marginalize your contribution to that success? I think that there was a lot more to it than meets the eye. Like I said, like you, like you just said, the powers that be um, might've had something to do with it. We, you know, we've had little issues with um, Eric's wife, Tamika, who was one of the executive producers um, of the movie. So it could have been her that said, don't mention them. You know, we will never know the, like the real story, but we knew, we do know in talking to the guys, they know how important we were to them. The next very next day after the movie came out, Ice Cube and all of NWA did an interview with Kendrick Lamar. And they mm-hmm. just said it right out there. It's a trip that he put out JJ Fat first, you know. So it's like they know how important it was. And they said it the day after. That's why I said we don't blame the guys because they do mention our name. So we don't know, like, the whole story of why it didn't get put in. If there was one part of of your story, you know, just for the sake of time management, because obviously just your whole story could have taken up a big part of the movie as a whole. If you could just include one thing that you felt was so integral, what would you include just to kind of bridge the stories together? Sure. I mean, I... I think that, yeah, there definitely was a time restriction. There definitely wasn't time to delve into the whole J.J. Fad beginning. We totally get that. It takes two seconds for you to say the name J.J. Fad. As they were walking into the studio, somebody could say, hold up, man. Like You guys can go in the studio. You guys go in the booth and two minutes, J.J. Fad's in there right now. That would be one place to start. The second one was at the pool scene when um, Jerry was telling Eric, don't worry about if Dre leaves because we have, and he starts naming the roster of everybody on Ruthless Records. He says, Miss Chalet, Above the Law, DOC. We could have been right there, JJ. That's all we wanted is a mention. That's it. Because it was very important to that whole story. And that a lot of people on social media are saying, well, it wasn't about you. We're not saying it's about us. But what we're saying is, we were a very important part of that whole story, not the ruthless story, but the NWA story as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know that we're going to have some people who are, are dialing in, who are listening to the show who want to ask a couple questions, but as we let them, as we weed through some of the callers, where would, when you look at JJ fad and how it grew and just blew up so quickly with popularity, I know I had supersonic on 45 and I played it. (laughs) Oh, God, I played it so many times just trying to learn the, I'm a like, you know, just trying to learn yeah. that part of the song <laughs> as in most people my age were. Right. What, talk about a little bit about those early days and that chemistry of how the song Supersonic came together. We were just, you know, the funny thing is we didn't go into it expecting to go gold, go platinum, 
We didn't expect any of that. We went into it doing what we loved. We loved rap music. Baby D loved to beatbox. That was her thing. So it, we went into it with just the joy and the passion of music and didn't expect for it to go where it went. And we always had such a good chemistry, the three of us. So it was easy. It was like it just clicked and it just took off because we were so meshed together and got along so well and all loved doing what we do. So it just made it work. One of our Twitter listeners wants to ask you a quick question. I'm going to bring their caller in. Sure. Caller, you are live on the sound desk with uh, Wana MC, MCJB from JJ Fat. Go ahead and ask your question. Hello, hello. <laughs> Oops, <Okay. lost> one. <laughs> I know they'll call back. You know that probably got a little bit, a little, little starstruck. I mean, I'm a little starstruck. Oh. I, I love JJ oh. Fat. Just you. you know. Just all those developments paved the way for women, not just in music, but just in so many groundbreaking things, everything from, from media to news to sport. I mean, anytime women trailblaze any ground that hasn't been traveled before, it helps women as a whole. So let me personally Absolutely. thank you for your contribution Aww. just to women in the marketplace, period. So Thanks so much. You're very welcome. When we When we look at at JJ Fad and its place. Where do you think how do you think JJ Fad would have been received today? Obviously music has changed hundred and eighty degrees with mm-hmm. just the whole way of business, with social media, with self promotion, independent art, etc. How do you think JJ Fad would have been received today? You know, I don't know, but the thing that I I really don't know the answer to that. But the thing that I do know is that we have such a huge generation of followers, you know, a huge generation gap of followers. We still have people that are just youngsters. Like my my youngest daughter is 15. She just turned 15. People her age know our song. People in their 20s know our song. People in their 30s know our song. So for it to have, you know, lasted for that long and people still be aware of that song and it still be kind of relevant in today's world, it just blows my mind. I cannot even go to, my daughter used to be a dancer. I can't go to a dance competition without hearing that song at least once somebody's doing a routine to it. Same thing with cheerleading. I can't go to a cheerleading competition without hearing that song. The girls are cheering to it. So it just amazes me that these young kids are still using that song. And not only that, I mean, just on the popularity of of Fergie using the sample, of your song and just it's just that timeless sound that gets everybody up to dance and speaking of that i know that you all have reunited and began touring talk to us a little bit i know there was a time when jj fast separated and weren't working mm-hmm. together anymore but in 2009 you kind of came back together again what brought you back together i think um a lot of the rumors were like we broke up jj fast never broke up All we did was stop doing music for a little while because we all started having families and we wanted to raise our families in a quote-unquote normal way. So Mm -hmm. we took a break from the business so that we could raise our families. And the reason why we came back together is because our, our children are now older and, you know, we miss it. Like I said, it's always been our passion. So we got to talking and we were like, you know, it was after Furry came out. I'm like, people are still into this music you know, we can actually do something. So we came back together, and then a promoter contacted us. His name is Alan Beck. He's with um, Pacific Concert Group, and we're now on tour. This is our 
our first year on that tour. Um, it's called Freestyle Explosion, and we are having a blast on the road. It's amazing. Uh, I know I know that you guys also have a show coming up here in Los Angeles um, on the Queen uh, that's going to be at the Queen Mary. I think I saw something about that recently, and some yes. of the it's, I, Ice Cube's on that tour also with you. Do you feel I don't like think he's on that particular oh, show? Oh, okay. Getting yeah, back on tour, who, who's on that show with you? I it's Salt and Pepper, Lisa Lisa. Ooh. Um. Who else? Oh, Tone Loke, I think Vanilla Ice, Young MC. Um, there's about 15 acts on that show. So, yeah, there's a lot. So it's going to be a really, really good show. It's in Long Beach. That sounds like a, a, a big family reunion. If Who yes. are you looking – you guys are going to be rocking, obviously, but who are you most forward, looking most forward to seeing perform that's on the show with you? I would say Salt and Pepper. We have always loved them. They they just have been like we look up to them. They were out a little bit before us, you know. So we always tried to emulate, you know, them and and follow like in their little footsteps. So, but of course, we always wanted to do better because that's just the nature of competition. But we've always admired them. Is there a chance that in the future, in the near future, maybe in the not so near future, that we could get new JJ Fat music? We're actually kind of working on it now. When we go on the road, um, Arabian Prince is our DJ, and mm. he also is one of the producers of Supersonic. So we're working on stuff while we're on the road. So it's a possibility that we might have some new music in the works. Of the, you know, the music sound is so different. Like you mentioned earlier, your song is so timeless and it's still so played. But a lot of music nowadays probably won't stand that test of time looking at the current trend of how music sounds on the radio, what do you mm-hmm. like most about the music you hear now, if anything? And what do you like least about some of the music you hear today? I am really not a fan of today's hip hop. Um, I can give you the reason why I least like it. And that the reason is because it all sounds the same to me. I feel like everybody lost their originality. Like very few artists come out sounding different or or trying or being themselves it seems like everybody's trying to sound like the next person so all the music mm-hmm. just it sounds the exact same there's no originality to me it is there any obviously you know Kendrick has received Kendrick Lamar has received a lot of accolades you mm-hmm. know in the media for, Love being, him. for being an originator do you like are there any other artists do you feel have done things that to step themselves ahead of the class I, I love Kendrick Lamar. I think he was not afraid to do what he does and without trying to be like anybody else. And I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but another person that does that and doesn't care what people think and is, does what he wants to do is Macklemore. Mm. I like his music because he is original to me. He does his style. He doesn't care what people think. That's him. He's not going to change, and he's not trying to sound like anybody else. He's Macklemore. So I, I really admire that about him. You know, there was re- I read a story recently about Macklemore with his recent music kind of paying homage to, to the old school and kind of reaching back. Why do you think mm-hmm. he gets so much back when it's just, it seems like the ultimate respect for the artist that paved the way for him? Why do you think um, the people who did, he did reach back out to receive so much flack for giving him his props? Is it strictly 
a racial thing or what, yes. what do you you just answered the question right there. I think it has to do with him being white. And I, and I think that's really sad because if you really think about it, who else has gone back to the original, the golden era of rap, asked one of the OGs to be in one of their songs that they're doing now? Who pays homage to to any of the OGs? And I have to give props to Eminem because he totally paid homage to us in his song Rap God which was phenomenal mm-hmm. and so flattering to us, you know, that he thought enough of us. Let me reach back and let these girls know how much I liked them, you know, when I was younger. So that's that's the ultimate when an artist can reach back and say, you know what, I respect what you did. I appreciate what you did. If it wasn't for you, there would be no me. And I think that's what's missing with a lot of the new artists. They don't go back and give that respect and that homage to the OGs in the business. Playing a little a little devil's advocate, recently, not so recently, but I Drake did some stuff where he was reaching back to say Wu-Tang. Is that enough or is that just too, too fresh and too, just to be, is that enough homage or enough respect to the old school? Is that not far enough back? I don't think it's far enough back. I really don't. I mean, I think it's great that he, that he did that, but I think you need to go a little bit further. I mean, you need to go where it started, like with Run DMC, Houdini, um, Public Enemy, you know, just to the to the golden era of hip-hop. You know, with you guys being part of the golden era and with this recent tour you're doing with uh, Salt and Pepper, have you guys ever thought about, reaching out, you know, on the BT Awards, they do these ciphers with the old groups. And I know Ice Cube and his children mm-hmm. did one with uh, Rev Run and his children. Do you think that you and the rest of the members of JJ Fab would consider doing a cipher with, say, Salt and Pepper on a, on a we future would, BET Award? We would love to do that. We would absolutely love to do that. And I'm going to tell you something, and it, it breaks our heart, but we get no love from BET at all. At all. We've never been invited to anything, nothing. I'm like, we are one of two groups that have been nominated for a Grammy that have sold platinum records that have been on top of the Billboard charts, and we never get an invite to anything BET. VH1 loves us, MTV loves us, but BET gives us no love, and we don't understand why. That's that's very disheartening, very disappointing. But at the same time... Mm -hmm. Not surprising at all. Not surprising right, at all. Right. I don't know. We're just well. It's not really our network anymore. But even even before it was Viacom or whatever it was, it's still you just said you've never received any love from them, and that that's right. just so disappointing. So yes, it is. Before before we run out of time, um, a couple questions. One of our Twitter followers asked. And you kind of addressed it, but I'm going to ask for our, our listener, what do you think about female rappers now is the question from one of our Twitter followers. Um, I like Nikki. I think um, she's probably the only one <laughs> that I like mm-hmm. right now. And I think it's really sad that there are no more groups. I really miss female MCs as a group. I really miss that. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that's not happening, um, but – I'd love to see groups, you know, gel together and do things, probably because we were a group, so I really like seeing that. So it's kind of disappointing that there's no more groups anymore. 
Absolutely, I agree. You know, as you were answering that, I was trying to think of an instance of a group. I can't think of any. When I think of female rap groups, I think J.J. Bad, Salt and Pepper. Um, I mean, that's about it. I mean, Queen Latifah was never, she was rocked with the native tongues, but that wasn't a female group. That was her within within a group. And that, that's that's too bad. Hopefully, maybe now with you guys out touring and collaborating and doing things, maybe that'll open the doors for another generation. You mentioned that you have a daughter. Has your daughter expressed any interest in wanting to be an MC? The funny thing is I have four daughters <laughs> and not one of them has any interest in music whatsoever. They're all into sports. Do they roll their eyes when Supersonic comes on at a sporting event and none of those people know, hey, that's my mom. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. They they think it's the corniest thing ever. But it the funny thing is is that, you know, I had the chance to take them on the road with us, all of them. And mm-hmm. we've been playing to pretty much sold out arenas with the other people in our on our on our bill. And they got to see the reaction firsthand from the crowd and how they knew every single word and how they responded to us. And after that, they were like, wow, mom, we would have never guessed you are pretty cool. You know, (laughs) so it was, you know, it was, it was an eye opener for them because before they were just like, oh, that's just my mom. She sung this song called this corny old song called supersonic. You know, they never really got the gist of it until they saw it with their own eyes. We're never cool until they get older. Now, when they get to college, they'll be like, you know, that was my mom, right? You know, you'll right, be cool. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have two in college, and yeah, they they love talking about it now. But my younger ones are like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wanda, I thank you for joining me. It was an absolute pleasure. If you ever want to come on and spit a hot sixteen, you let me know. I'll just I'll oh, just I sure will. myself <laughs> in, and you and you do whatever you like. It, it would just absolutely well, be my honor. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much. I might I might take you up on that. Okay, I'll, I'll be I'll be emailing you. Don't be surprised. I might put the cipher together with you and Salt and Pepper. Oh. You never know. <laughs> okay. BET don't have no love, but the sound desk got all the love in the world for you. Aw, thank you. All right, Wanda, take care, and I'll be talking with you soon. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, y'all, that's it for another installment of the sound desk we'll be back with another new show this week great times talking with Wanda from jj fad thank you for listening and good night